What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, the podcast for cover band musicians and band leaders to learn some new tricks and a community of musicians looking for a better way. Here in Atlanta, Georgia, I am Adam Johnson. Here in Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Ray. How you been, Dan? Real good. Real darn good. You? Uh, currently not feeling super great. Uh, went to uh, the doctor today and found out that I have strep throat. Ooh. So I started round uno of antibiotics uh, right after dinner Fun. and hoping that my throat is not on fire for our big uh, event on Saturday uh, or our road date the following week. So trying to head this sure. off of the pass. Yeah. Yeah. You do have a certain huskiness about you. Yeah, I woke. You should have heard me this morning. It was uh, very <laughs> sultry. Yeah, I'm sure. My wife was, you know, quite impressed. Yeah. So we were talking a little bit before uh, we hopped on here, and um, we just want to do some recapping. Um, you know, for the past couple of episodes, uh, I have been constantly belly aching about this uh, upcoming <laughs> event that we were doing called Fanny Pack Friday. Fanny Pack Friday uh, was last Friday. Uh, it it has come and gone, and um, I just wanted to kind of uh, do a post-mortem on that and some of the things that uh, that we got out of that. So, um, And then, Dan, you had mentioned that you were doing a fancy schmancy private event and that it also we did. went well. We did. Yeah, we did a wedding um, on uh, 3rd of July, actually, Tuesday. Um, that was killer and, and, and a lot to take away from it about, um, how to have a private event go really great. Fantastic. So, so, so look, I'm um, dying, man. Fanny pack Friday debrief. Let's go. Okay. So the, um, for those of you who are just tuning in, Fanny pack Friday was a concept that I, well, first of all, the, the, the idea was just the name. I just thought the name was hilarious. Uh, for an event. And I was like, well, how, and it's been, it's been bouncing around in my head for probably two years at this point. Um, and it's one of the, it's one of the few concepts I, you know, I didn't immediately abandon as a stupid idea. I feel like I have a lot of those, uh, where I was just like, something pops in my head and I'm like, Oh, wouldn't that be something? And then I'm like, nah, it's not good. Uh, this one kept, kept coming back. And I was like, I think this, you know, I think this, this could be something. So, I talked with the guys in the band and they were like, yeah, I think, I think it might be worth doing that. So we, um, we started the process of talking about what it would be and, you know, kind of decided that it would be like an eighties, nineties dance party concept. Um, and what that ended up looking like was, uh, we started our evening in our normal, uh, eighties getups, which are the eight bit tuxedo shirts and our, uh, our black members only jackets. Um, and we did a 60 minute set of eighties tunes and then in the middle of our set, the, uh, the guys in the band uh, vacated the stage and changed into our uh, a 90s outfit. Mm. Uh, while we were doing that, uh, our female vocalist was doing a costume contest uh, where we had uh, we basically brought a bunch of people up on stage and by round of applause, you know, we, we crowned a prom king and queen of Fanny Pack Friday. So mm. we got crowns and tiaras and... Uh, some some door prizes and that kind of thing, and just kind of kept the uh, kept the audience in it. And then we kicked off the '90s set. Um, the whole thing, you know, we were done in under, you know, two and a half hours, and uh, and that was pretty much it. Um, and it went for all intents and purposes, it went really well. Um, we had uh, 
I was I was pestering the the venue about pre-sales and they were a little soft up until the week of and then the day that we uh the day of I I sent out a request and they said well it's it's at about 115 which immediately gave me a little bit of breathing room because the mm-hmm. uh the way that this event works it was ticketed and there were uh expenses that I needed to recoup in order to you know make some money to pay my guys and that's always kind of nerve-wracking because I want to make sure that my you know my, my guys are taken care of. Um, and so, uh, the, the total attendance for the event was 168 people. Nice. And the, and what the was the pricing, ticket price? The, well, the ticket price fluctuates. So, uh, general admission presale was $10. It was 15 day of show. Uh-huh. Um, there were also uh, table banquet and booth reservations, uh, ranging from $10 to $25. Uh, we, we sold out of the banquets and the tables, had a couple of booths available. Um, and so, I mean, the, the sales were pretty, were pretty solid. The, uh, the one thing that does give me, a a bit of, uh, well, something I'm, I'm kind of excited about is the capacity of the room is a little more than a hundred above what we sold mm-hmm. and the crowd, the, the room felt full and it, the, they were, you know, immediately energetic and enthusiastic about what we were doing. So we, we were really just catching the vibe. Um, and it, it worked out well for me because I opted to, uh, to bring a camera crew in to shoot promo, uh, footage. Very good. Um, and so the crowd was, was in it and they, they were there from the first drop. And so they got all the, you know, they got us in both sets. Um, the other thing that was a new thing for us is, uh, we tried the X32 X live, uh, recording card, which basically, um, does multi-track recording of the inputs of the X32 directly to SD cards. So, um, the first set went flawlessly. The second set, something happened and I knew it happened, but I had no way to troubleshoot it because we were in the middle of our show. Um, and we only got about the first eight songs, I think. Mm. So worst case, you know, we may have to go back and, and, you know, take audio from another show in order to, to kind of wrap up what we need to wrap up. But the, um, but the you beauty know, of playing the on tracks record. all the time is that you, it's not like you're going to vary in tempo. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, again, that's another one of those benefits that, you know, if you're shooting promo video, um, it's gotta, everything's gotta sound, you know, there can't be any flubs or there can't be any redos because, right. you know, right. and that was the, that was the purpose of buying that in the first place was to have, um, more source material for promo stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some nights are better than others and, and, you know, that night was pretty good. But I mean, you know, I, I definitely hit a couple of clams and um, <laughs> I will be <laughs> looking for uh, better instances of those performances to potentially use for, uh, for the video. Um, so all in all, the, um, the, way that, the way that this worked was the venue was, you know, was, was taking tickets and the, the deal was uh, we needed to cover a production fee which was 500 bucks, which okay. sounds like a lot, but that also included their, um, their advertising budget, which really, I, you know, they did a very good job of, of pressing the show. Um, mm-hmm. we also paid for, um, we also paid for promo, uh, on Facebook ads and Instagram to, uh, to kind of spread it out a bit more. Um, and then it was 80, 20 after we recouped our, uh, their, 
the production fee. Okay. So all in all, we walked away with just under $1,500. But it's important to note that in order to make $1,500, we spent a fair amount of money to get people in the door. Yeah. Not to mention the $300 bar tab we ran up. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. So, that. you know, there's, uh, you know, in, in the, in the end, uh, all of my guys made, uh, a, a, around what they, what they would normally make. Um, it was basically <laughs> once we kind of shook everything out, the, um, the bar tab ended up eating into people's, uh, takeaway. And, and that was kind of understood. Um, and I was able to pay for the, uh, the video crew and, um, pay my guys and cover all of the incidental expenses. Cause we had to buy, you know, crowns for the deal. And, you know, we had, yeah. we, we did DVDs, uh, as giveaways. So, I mean, th- we spent a fair amount of money and, um, have a little bit to show for it, but, uh, you know, for us, this was more of a proof of concept kind of deal. And it also just showed us that the concept had legs, um, which was really what we were looking for. And already I posted on, uh, on the 4th of July, just a picture of me holding a beer in a members only koozie in front of a pool. And somebody mm-hmm. was like, we heard about fanny pack Friday. When is it happening again? Cool. And so when I, and, and we're already in talks with the venue, um, about doing it maybe next quarter. So kind of splitting it up and doing it again, just seeing if, you know, we can recreate the magic or maybe, you know, escalate it. Um, yeah. Long-term goal would be to potentially do do these events until we outgrow the venue and then maybe do them somewhere else and make it its own thing. Sure. Um, but we've, uh, we've also started getting inquiries about 90s stuff, you know. So it, it's, been, it's been beneficial. And for all of the belly aching and, you know, lost sleep and, you know, whatever uh, – trauma I'm doing to my immune system by stressing out about it. It, it actually panned <laughs> out pretty solidly. Good. Good. So congratulations. Yes. Um, that is one of those things where swinging for the fences actually paid off and, and you know, we didn't lose our shirts over it. So it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the economics of a show like that are, um, can be complicated. You know, we did, uh, back in April, we did a, a ticketed show. We were opening, um, and, uh, all said and done, we walked out of that night with uh, the, my band's entire take was sixty bucks. Yeah, and uh, you know the venue that we were in was very expensive. They were not as generous in the split as as Venkman's was uh, with you guys. Um, and then we were splitting the total with another band, and we split. We just decided the most equitable way to do it was by head count, and we were the you know f- we were a four piece, and they're an eight. So um, <laughs> that was where we ended up. I am shopping right now for. Local venues that are not as expensive. Um, we have a, a sort of a, a geek themed coffee shop place here called Geeksboro here in Greensboro. It's that sounds great. Run by a friend of mine. It is amazing. And and you know you walk in and there's um, vintage um, console games set up sort of down the walls, and you can just sit down and play Super Nintendo or um, and uh, good beer on tap and pretty decent food from, from around. And he actually is moving in the next few weeks to a whole new venue that has a kitchen. So there's going to be food on site and it has a performance space that, um, uh, I think I imagine is going to be cheaper than the big fancy theater downtown that we did that show in back in April. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking to put my next thing there. Um, I think it'll pan out a lot better. So, 
But you got to think it all through. You know, I, I, I did a spreadsheet. <laughs> We've talked about yeah. spreadsheets. I did a whole, whole spreadsheet with like all of the, okay, if we price tickets at this much and if we sell this many, here's where we're going to end up. And, um, you know, none of it was huge numbers because the place itself was so expensive to get into. Yeah. It's, so, you know, um, we had on the, on the cover band central, uh, deal, there was, uh, I think it was the, a band called the conniption fits, you know, those guys, you know, those mm-hmm. guys, um, yes. Yes. they do, they were doing like, you know, they were renting out ballrooms and, and doing their own events that way. And, uh, I, I reached out to them just kind of asking, I was like, so what, you know, what did something like that cost? And then versus what did you take home? So for them, you know, they were having, they were selling out these events, but they were, they were fronting all of the money and it included Mm. things like, you know, um, a package deal with the hotel rooms and the catering and, uh, you know, the, the bar and all of that. Like they were, they were covering the cost of that and then recouping it with the, the ticket sales. And, even with these events where they were selling out, they weren't walking away with any more money than, you know, members might make on a normal private event. So, um, you know, swinging for the fences and, and, and having, you know, that kind of, uh, momentum under your belt is, is definitely, um, worth considering. Uh, but for us in our current situation, um, just the, the juice isn't worth the squeeze financially, um, because right. you know, the potential to lose your shirt on events like that is super high. Um, yeah. when I was in school, we, you know, I, I, I have a music business degree and we did, uh, I did a class on concert promotion where we were talking about just all the stuff that can bog you down when you're, when you're a concert promoter trying to put shows on and yeah, you could mm-hmm. make a hundred grand or you could lose a hundred grand and, um, right. you have to be able to, <laughs> to, uh, yeah, and all it takes is like, Another event in town that you didn't know about or mm-hmm. boy, there's just so many ways to have, you know, Oh, whoops, nobody came. Yeah. I mean, and, and there was a lot going on, on, on that Friday. Uh, one of the, one of our, one of the bands under the same, um, kind of management umbrella, uh, Yacht Rock Review was playing at Park Tavern across, across town. And, you know, they had over a thousand people there. So, I mean, it was, you, you know, they're, they're, when you're in a major metropolitan area, there's, there's a lot of options to, to be had. So, but in the grand scheme of things, like I said, um, we, we did pretty good and we've got room to grow and, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was a good move for us. So that's great. That's great. So tell us about your, uh, your fancy pants wedding. Well, it was a fancy, the pants that I was wearing were, um, well, they were just Just like regular pants. So it was like regular pants. Just, you know, it was like the pants were I mean, well. I mean, compared to what we normally wear to play in, the pants were fairly fancy. Um, it was so where we, where it was was at a resort in the mountains of North Carolina called uh, Brown Mountain Beach Resort. And so you'd think um, beach resort in the mountains. Can you hold off just one second? Can you say that one more time? Because I was getting some artifacting and I couldn't hear what you said. Sure. So the the wedding was at a resort in the mountains of North Carolina called the Brown Mountain Beach Resort. Nice. And so then you think, well, beach resort in the mountains, what's that about? It's on a river. Um, not sure what river, maybe the Dan, I don't know, but there's a beautiful little beach. Uh, and, um, I posted something to our Facebook and our Instagram that is just sort of looking at this outdoor patio area where we played that then is hanging out over this gorgeous river. It's just, it was just 
idyllic. I mean, the space was so beautiful. Yeah, I mean, the, the video um, you posted looked really, really nice. <laughs> so gorgeous. Uh, and um, it was real warm at setup time. It was mid-90s. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we were <laughs> we, we found where the beer tent was, had this gigantic industrial flan blowing on it, and it was clear that was where all the cool kids were. And so we hung out there before, before showtime, but uh, the sun set over the mountain just as we were about to start our first song. And it was, it was gorgeous. Um, so there was that, the, the, the facility was beautiful and the space was nice. Um, I will say the thing that made the difference in this show, and I've had experienced this with privates I've done before, um, getting to know our client was so Great and so important. I mean, this this young couple, um, Eli and Anna, uh, he found us on Gig Salad, I think, and and approached me separate from Gig Salad. He emailed me kind of out of the blue, um, and he checked out our website and he saw all of our demos and stuff, and like totally loved what we were doing and and wanted us. Like he was clear he wanted us. And um, it was a Tuesday. It was a tu- the Tuesday before the Fourth of July, and in fact, they built the the event to be like. The party started on the Monday night with dinner for some family, and then it was partying all day Tuesday, and the wedding was in the afternoon, and then dance party into the night, and then some stuff on the 4th. It was like a three-day destination wedding thing in the mountains of North Carolina. Sweet. Yeah, it was beautiful. It was so cool. Um, And I'll tell you, for the last four months, he and I have been emailing kind of two, three times a week about song choices and kind of just chatting and we've got to know the guy and I got to know, um, um, her a little bit, you know, they, they came through Greensboro on their way up to see the venue maybe a month ago. And, uh, and I, and I bought him a cup of coffee and we sat down and chatted and, uh, got to know them both a little better and understood why <laughs> their, their, uh, their special request list included Benny and the jets, which is, um, an interesting choice for a wedding dance party. Um, not a groove you normally dance a lot to. Well, it turns out her maiden name is Bennett, and one of her nicknames was Benny. So that song sort of meant something to her. Did you do the um, the handsome young ladies version? I will tell you, our version was somewhat inspired. We didn't rock it quite as hard, but um, but uh, it was somewhat inspired by that. Um, and uh, you know, it, it was it was the kind of party where. Um, when we got there, it had been hot all day, really like really warm day. The ceremony was outside. People had been standing around waiting for it for an hour before it started. And then it was an hour or so of ceremony and then hanging around outside some more. And um, as I pulled up to start setting up, like I could tell the whole crowd was kind of drooping. And um, I didn't, I was not sure we were going to get a lot of dancing and partying out of these guys. But man, the minute we started – it was just full on uh, energy and love for us, and um, uh, <laughs> you know we do a rap battle. We do um, what I got, Sublime, and in the middle of it, throw down you know a bunch of rap stuff, and we walk out into the crowd with our wireless mics, and Justin and I sort of toss a rap battle back and forth. And at, you know, at some point, audience members were coming up and like taking the mic from us and doing. Something the <laughs> the groom did. Um, I got ninety nine problems, but a wife ain't one. Well, uh, that's a, that's a bold <laughs> strategy, really Cotton, unless you have it was that really good. out. It was, yeah, it was good. Um, 
And, uh, you know, I would say at, at our very best shows, when we're most crowd engaged and most connected, that's what happens. People, people like take us up on, you know, performing with us and being part of it with us. And that was, that was very much the ethos of the, of the show. And, um, boy, we just, we just really, um, loved playing for him and loved, uh, all of it. The other thing to say about the show is I had a sub drummer. It was a, a, a drummer named Rob who, um, man, he did the work. <laughs> He's not Tony. Nobody is, but, uh, he did the work, man. And he really, um, he really acquitted himself. Well, I was, it was, it was, uh, it was impressive what he, what he accomplished, you know? So then we did this show and everybody loved us and everybody wanted to take a card and, um, you know, so one of his relatives said, Oh, we'd love to have you come do our events. Come play something for us. I said, yeah, I'd love to. He said, well, we're in Athens, Georgia. It's like, there are roads to Athens, Georgia. It's not a problem for me. Like we'll, we'll be there. Let us know when, you know? So a lot of love for the Lincolns happened. Um, uh, it was a really, really good time. And it was, it was just, you know, such an honor being part of that for those guys and getting to know them and having to be friends and I'm friends with them both on Facebook now. So I'm like seeing the pictures from the party and everything. Um, so the uptake on our, what we were doing was really, really, really positive and really strong. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, it was good. You know, and, and I've had some, um, I mean, we're a bar band, right? So I've had some sort of rumblings from the band about, like, the pressure it is to play a wedding. And um, not sure we really, I don't know, it didn't seem like a fit for us. Um, but I will tell you, after this night, both both the payday that it was, which is, significantly better than bar band pay. Yep. And the, uh, you know, just the, the, the whole experience of being a rock star, <laughs> they, the, the DJ, their DJ, who's a great guy and very helpful, um, was doing a late night, like a rave in the basement of this, uh, building there, uh, barn looking thing. Um, and we went down to say goodbye to him after we wrapped up and, and like the DJ called us out over the mic, you know, in the house, clacky Lincoln's and the whole place went nuts. And it was like, you know, I know it's just a wedding. It's just like 40 people in a basement, but damn, I feel like a rock star. It's, it's the coolest thing. Yeah. So I think we're, um, I think I've got the band one over to weddings being cool. Yeah. I mean, weddings are typically really, really fun or not fun at all. And they're very rarely, mm-hmm. you know, in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we've done, we've done plenty of weddings and, and the last one we did was cool. Cause like at the end they didn't want to like do the whole sparkler run off to the car or drive away thing. They were like, mm-hmm. we, uh, we have a bonfire up the hill, uh, and you guys should come and hang out. And so we did. Um, yeah. and it was really nice. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so I guess the takeaway, you know, the thing I would recommend, and I've done this with birthday parties and stuff that we've played before, um, get to know your customer, get to know them on beyond just like the, what songs do you want and what songs do you not want? Um, mm-hmm. level, you know, find out kind of who they are, find out why, why Benny and the jets, what's that about? Um, yeah. cause the more you know about them, the more you can tailor your performance. Um, you know, we also had, um, some moments of just like being ourselves and letting it be a little loose on the stage. There was, a. <laughs> as a kid <laughs> it's like a puddle of water that was uh i think air conditioner runoff kind of down into the stage the, the dancing area and mm-hmm. somebody had brought out ice cubes and dumped it in there and there were a bunch of kids like stomping around in a cold puddle <laughs> um it looked like great i kind of wanted to kick my shoes off too but and one of them a little 18 month old <laughs> 
I saw her pick up an ice cube and head toward her face with it. And on mic, I said, no, 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 don't put that in your mouth. Don't, don't, just, just set that down, sweetheart. And it's like my dad instincts came out. Oh, yeah. Her dad was like there and was like, oh, yeah, th- thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> so it's like this moment of sort of, un- but, you know, it's part of who we are as a band. Our brand is sort of this unguarded connection. We're just normal. Um, and uh, so there was a great opportunity to be that and be ourselves with people, too. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, it's just one example of that. The whole night was full of that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I think, you know, even with our event, you know, the, the, the takeaway is still the same, you know, when we were preparing for this event, uh, I did tons and tons of research because I wanted to know who my customer was going to be. Mm. So sending out surveys and, and taking, you know, that information and creating, uh, a playlist and an event, you know, kind of flow around, um, that information was still was, was of paramount importance. And, and the thing that I, was really interesting, it was that um, our crowd was very diverse. Um, you know, Good. I was think you know, I, I had said that I was looking for, you know, uh, single girls in their, you know, late twenties to mid thirties. And, you know, there were definitely some of those there. Um, but there was, you know, we had all different types of people, you know, from, you know, from 22 to 68 that were there mm. so um it was it was a diverse room and it was it was a lot of fun and we you know we we went all over so i mean we did you know we did blink 182 and we did spice girls and we did nice. uh chumbawamba and we did uh you know i don't know, backstreet boys you know i mean we we we, we went all over uh, yeah. to make sure that we hit all the high points so pretty good um it's important stuff to know. Um, and I'm glad that everything, uh, went well for you guys. And, you know, hopefully what the thing about private work is that it usually begats more private work. So um, you can still keep your ethos whilst, um, you know, maybe picking up some, uh, some bigger paydays every now and then. Yeah, absolutely. Nothing bad about that. That's right. I mean, in fact, if we headed toward being a, a, a festivals and privates kind of band, um, I like bars. I would never want to quit bars. I don't think, but uh, I certainly wouldn't mind moving up the food chain a little bit. Sure. You know, we we um, the event that we're doing on Saturday, they they've been doing like radio spots, and you know, it's 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 a fairly high high budget event. We're playing to like a lake, though, so it's not we're, we're not playing at the lake. We're playing on the lake towards the lake. Um, hmm. So it's being put on by a marina. So the the stage is facing the water, and they just want people to bring their pull their boats up uh, for this concert. So that should be interesting. Um, but like, even if it's a great turnout, you know, the closest people will be at least, uh, you know, 300 feet away from us. So, <laughs> so turn it up. If there's, if there's any dancing, they're going to have to get wet <laughs> literally That's in cool. the water. So yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see, this is the second one they've done. Um, and like I said, they're, you know, one of the local rock, station DJs is going to, you know, MC the event and all of that. So it should be fun. Fun. So, um, we're hitting just under 30 minutes. So what I would like to do is switch gears. Um, and I'm going to give a shout out to, uh, to one of our listeners who sent us an email, uh, and you can send us, uh, emails as well. Uh, hit us up at coverbandconfidential at gmail.com. Um, but today as I was, uh, heading into work, I got an email from a guy named Ryan O'Leary. And Ryan uh, plays in a group called So Was Red. Uh, and they're based out of Long Island, New York. 
And did you check out their Facebook page, by the way? Uh, I have not. Unfortunately, I've been wall to wall. You know, once I got back from the office, I went to the doctor, and then yeah. you know, yeah. One thing. Well, I'll tell other. you, I, it was it was. Um, it's rare that I pull up a Facebook page and I'm struck by the branding, mm-hmm. but I really was. They've got um, um, so was red. I, I presume is a uh, Shawshank Redemption reference, mm-hmm. um, but the cover picture on their Facebook page is this logo. That's just those words. So was red and it's black with white words and the word red is in red and it's really striking. It was, you know, very rarely do I like see a Facebook page that kind of gets, strikes me like that, but it really, it was really well done. It's really Mm -hmm. well done from a branding perspective. Very, very nice. Yeah. And it's, it's, I mean, I'm looking at it right now and it's not, it's not crazy. It's, you know, it's not some crazy. No, no, it's not. It's it's, what I love about it is it's simple, but it's striking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, that's not something that takes a a whole lot of, work or, or money or anything, you know, you could do that in a, in a pages document and, uh, sure. But yeah, it looks great. Like it, it, again, you look at it and it looks like it could be anything. It could be an original band, could be a cover band. Like you, you don't know, you just look at it and you're like, Hey, that looks, you know, that looks thought out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what it takes. It doesn't take, it's not complex and it doesn't take a lot of equipment, but it does take thinking. Yeah. Cool beans. So, um, Ryan had a bunch of questions around set lists. So I'll read a little bit of what he said, and then we can kind of break it down. Uh, Hey guys, great podcast. Having a blast listening to you. I'm in a cover band called So Was Red based out of Long Island, New York. I was wondering if you guys can talk about set lists. How much or little do you change up your set lists when you play the same place each month? Um, now we don't really have that issue quite as much. Like we're pl- when we play events, we typically play publicly in a in a quarterly fashion. Um, so what we typically do in in like a season like we're in right now is we put different shows together. So we have uh, a three sixty set show, we have a two seventy five set show, uh, we have a two hour straight through show, and you know there might be kind of slight variances between you know each individual show based on, you know, a number of factors, but typically we kind of set those and then that way we kind of know what to expect. And there's a bit of a flow to, to what we're doing. Yeah. What about you guys? Uh, for us, I would say that we have, um, we have some core stuff, you know, we have our two dance subsets that are each one's, uh, 25 ish minutes and the other goes about 30 and change. And then, we wrap those with other mid-tempo or, or whatever songs. Um, most of them sort of aimed toward dancing, but it's kind of dancing optional. Um, and I would say that those rotate over the course of a year. They'll probably all cycle out. Mm-hmm. And every show I want to have maybe uh, one or two new ones. Um, I have been making some tweaks to the dance sets recently, just, just small things. Mm-hmm. Um, Justin and I traded vocals on a couple of tunes. I gave him um, Word Up, and I took uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit. Nice. Uh, it just fits our voices better. Yeah. And um, so the point is we do not play the same set list, especially when we come back to the same place over and over again. So it's um, We try to have the things that really kill uh, – that we're known for, we keep those around. And then aside from that, we sort of cycle. Yeah. Um, so in two weeks we are, we're going to be traveling, um, up to Kingsport, Tennessee to do an event 
that we, they do a summer concert series and we've done them. We didn't do last year because they had some budgeting stuff and not work out, but, um, but we, we did the two years before that. So, um, we've got a bit of a reputation there and, you know, people are already reaching out and they're excited. And so I had to look, I had to look up, you know, like we were talking about past set lists. I looked up what we did the last time we were there and then just had to come up with stuff we haven't done that we do now. Um, just to make sure that we come back and give them stuff that they recognize, but we don't come back with the same, you know, the same shtick. So, yeah. you know, we we're roughly, we're giving them roughly 45 minutes of new material that, you know, again, they probably don't even remember what we played it anyway. So. Um, yeah. It's kind of for us, but still, well, it's, it's a little bit of both, but you want to, you know, like I said, you, you want to get the stuff that you're going to hit and, and, you know, works for you, but you also want to, you know, give them again, like if we came back, after three years and we played the same set every single time, you know, you're, you're just begging yeah. to not be asked back. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, exactly. um, so that was the first one. Uh, what are some songs that you thought would go over well, but wound up being set killers? Uh, I believe I have made it quite clear. It is everybody have fun by Wang Chung. <laughs> you know what? Here's the bad news. Um, dance hall days by Wang Chung also does not seem to be picking up the way I want it so to. So we, basically if you want people to stay on the floor, do not Wang Chung tonight. Yeah. Nobody Wang Chung tonight, nope. whatever you do. Oh, well. I still, I, st- I do still love dance all days. It's a great song. I think I'll keep it acoustic. Mm-hmm. It's fun acoustic, yeah. but, um, but it doesn't have, uh, I don't know. I expected it to uh, just, it's a bummer. Yeah. Um, what are some songs that crush every time, no matter where you play them? The two that he, uh, suggested were Africa by Toto, which is a given. And given. I'm shipping up to Boston by dropkick Murphy's, uh, which is, you know, a song that we would never have never considered, but definitely makes sense. No, us, us either. Um, uh, and, um, did you see, um, I have a hunch that these guys are an Irish, uh, a bunch of fellows. Oh, you mean, uh, you mean the, the guy named Ryan O'Leary? Um, my, well, hang on. Let me get let me get it for you. I got to find their Facebook page here. the The list of personnel is. Um, uh, let's see if I can beat you to it. Uh, Ryan O'Leary, Gre- uh, Greg Monahan, O'Neill, Manister, Doonan. Yeah, that's some some Irish <laughs> Irish boys. My uh, yeah, my yeah. mother's maiden name is O'Callaghan. So uh, all right. And and it, so the point is that you know I I I would be faking. I'd be uh, I'd be doing uh the poser version of dropkick murphy's but these guys are legit yep uh so for us so what's what's a what's one that just always crushes for you guys uh i mean uh, a lot of ours fall into the category of stuff i would just never listen to on my own but our dance party catnip um Things like Brick House, things like Superstition, things like um, Play That Funky Music, 1999 Kills, Money mm-hmm. um, Money Kills. Yeah, not uh, my fave, but yeah. No, no, no. I mean, none of those are like, oh, hey, that came on the radio. Hurrah. But boy, do they kill on the dance floor mm-hmm. every single time, every single time. Now, um, th- there are some that we play that kill depending on the audience. Yeah. Um, Shut up and dance is a classic one. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really popular with the right audience, yeah. but um, you cannot count on it at every show. So I'm looking at um, this specific playlist of the stuff that we do, uh, stuff that always tends to do really well. Tainted Love. Um, let's see. Uh, Your Love by The Outfield. Uh, Billy Jean. Jesse's Girl, of course. Mm. Uh, Wake Me Up Before You Go Go by Wham. Walk Like an Egyptian. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hungry Like the Wolf. 
uh, take me home tonight, pour some sugar on me. And then we, we end every show with don't stop believing like right. without fail. Um, right. and that's, and does that turn into sing along? I expect it would. Yeah. I mean, it's, the the whole point is, and it, if you go way way back into our um, you know our social media, what I used to do is I used to shoot video of us doing the end, of, like the you know the the last part of "Don't Stop Believing," you know, because that's typically when you've got the crowd right where you want them. They're you know they've got their their beers over their heads and they're just screaming yeah. along with you, and it, it's just a, it's a good it's a good vibe. And we use "Don't yeah. Stop" in a lot of our promo material because it's a good song for us and it, you know, it plays well. So good. Yeah. We do. Um, yeah. I mean, they're not all fast dancers for us that crush. We, we end almost every show with purple rain Yeah, and it's really similar. It's really similar. You know, everybody's screaming along, you know, we're, we're, we're giving them a break from the high energy stuff. There's some couple dancing happening, but everybody's still super engaged. And then, you know, the solo at the end just tears the roof off it. We end them on that big high and it's great. So we don't do, we don't do purple rain. We probably should. The, the, Print songs that we typically do are "Let's Go Crazy," and um, hmm. and we we had to learn "Kiss" for an event, and then as of recent, I've just been pulling it out because it's just one of those songs that I think I just I have a I have a pretty well developed upper range, and so for me, it's not a song that's hard to sing, but I think it's the impression that because it's so high, it is difficult to sing. Um, that people just really just love that song. Um, you do it up in the falsetto, yeah, the whole thing. That's nice. And I even nice. do like the whole screamy part at the end with the, you know, where he's just, you know, yeah, it's a, I can't do it right yeah. now because my throat's on. No, no, obviously. Yeah. Justin sings that one and he does it. He does it an octave down for the first two verses and then does the falsetto on the third. Yeah. Um, which works pretty well. Yeah, no, it's, it's a good one. Um, and I, I love doing let's go crazy. I mean, it's just, it's got such a good yeah. groove to it and the energy is so high. We typically start our second set. Um, and you know, I kind of start proselytizing, like, you know, y'all ready to go to church. And then, you know, <laughs> you hear that, you hear the organ come in and daily beloved, we yeah. got here today to go through this thing called life. So yeah, yeah. I found this great patch on my, um, my voice life three, the, the TC Helicon vocal processor mm-hmm. with like a, a nice little delay. A slap little, back. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a, yeah, it's a slap back and it's, um, it's just right for purple rain. It's so good. That's awesome. All right. Moving along. Um, what are some songs to crush my time? Yeah, we already did that one. How do you write a set list? I know you said like a W where we had yep. referenced that, you know, you kind of ride the wave as far as, you know, upbeat and downbeat and kind of give people time to kind of, um, you know, adjust. But it, he continues, he goes, but, uh, but does uh, BPM factor in? Does the key of the song ever factor in? Uh, what about when you have multiple singers? Do you try and alternate? So those are all fantastic questions. And the answer to all of them is, Yes. Moving yes. on. No, I'm just kidding. So, <laughs> well, so for me, um, when I say when I say like a W, just for anyone who hasn't listened to that old episode, I don't even know what episode it was. Um, I mean, come out strong. Yep. Fade into some mid-tempo stuff that's sort of engaging but not high energy. Mm-hmm. Have a big middle part that gets high, you know, bring the middle the energy up toward the middle. Yep. Hold it there for long but not too long because you can wear out a room. Yep. Give them a little breather mm-hmm. and then end the set strong. And that's what I mean by W. So up, down, up, down, up. Right. So, um, um, and I would go ahead. Go ahead. Well, so well, the, I, I was just gonna say, I, <laughs> my mind goes sir. into the next question. So go ahead and go ahead and complete your thought for sure. 
Well, uh, so does mine. Does BPM factor in? I would say BPM is probably not the only factor, but probably the biggest. Um, there are grooves that are undanceable. So that's mm-hmm. the other important thing. Um, we do um, Elvis Costello. Um, uh, uh, um, pump it up. Pump it up. Thank you. Oh, my God. Yes. Um, which is a high-energy, big, fast, bombastic thing that cannot be danced to because the groove is hey Dan, way too hey forward Hey, real push. quick, can you complete that thought again? Uh, we lost you there for a second. So yeah. which Elvis Costello so, song is it? We, we do Pump It Up by Elvis Costello, which I had thought was going to be a dance floor killer because it's fast and high energy. But it turns out that song is almost impossible to dance to. And why is because the groove is pushing the whole time. There's no pocket to that song. It's yeah, all push. Well, and, and back in the day, you know, there, there was a, a dance move called pogoing. And that's about all yeah, you can that's do. That's all you can do to his pogo. Yeah. That's all you can do. And, and people don't pogo in, in bars they in, don't. in 2018. It's not a thing. So, um, so it's not just BPM. It's also groove and feel and pocket. But BPM is, is the main factor, I would say. And we, we certainly do have the peak of the W in the middle be largely about BPM. Um, the second part of the question, I'm just going to keep going through this, this paragraph, yeah? Yeah. So does the key of the song ever factor in? Um, maybe, but it's not a primary concern for me. One of the things that I've noticed, if you have too many songs in the same key in a row, it's a little tough on, on the ear. Mm-hmm. I think you need to mix up the key a little bit. Otherwise, people just start to, it all starts to sound a little, a little samey and you just have to right. change things up. Um, so the, the multiple then, singers. Yeah. So what do you do? I do try to alternate, uh, but not in a strict onesie twosie kind of way. I try to have it be yeah. evenish. But mm-hmm. if I'm doing two and then Justin's doing two, that's not the end of the world. For a while, until I gave him um, uh, word up, I sang almost all of that dance medley. Yeah, which was a lot because <laughs> because it starts with word up and ends with play that funky music. And, um, and hits some intense stuff in the middle. And, and, um, especially before we had in-ears, like I would end that thing and need a breather. Um, so it's good to mix it up. And, and, and then, um, one of the things we've done, we make our set list in band helper mm-hmm. and I have color coded the songs by who's singing them. So I can look at a glance and say, wow, that's a lot of blue. That's all me. I need to get some Justin in there. We yeah. actually have a couple of songs that our drummer Tony sings, mm-hmm. um, and he's green. So I can just make sure I got my two green songs in there. He does, um, uh, satisfied and um, another but, new one, but not but satisfied. The point is like that I'm obsessed with, not the Richard Mark song, not the Richard. Mark, oh no, no. <laughs> the um, uh, my brain is not with me today. Uh, 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 that that was just me. that was just a callback from from the other episode when I wouldn't shut Earlier up. Episodes. We have enough episodes under us. We can do callbacks now. Yeah, but um, <laughs> so it's there. You know, it, you're you're starting to sell me again on Band Helper because that would be super helpful. Um, so yeah. what what. You know, in our situation, it's a little bit different because I have, we have co-ed vocalists. So, um, we do try to do kind of, kind of an every other, or, you know, one of the cool things about a lot of the, um, the eighties tunes is that, you know, there's typically, um, two lead voices in the same song. So like, you know, whereas, you know, let's say, I don't know, uh, living on a prayer, that's, that's a, that's a male song. But then yeah. we have songs like The Look by Roxette, which has a lot of female vocals in it. Don't You Want Me by Human League, which is mm. almost 
split right down the middle. Um, uh, Take Me Home Tonight by Eddie Money. You know, those are those are basically duets. So, mm-hmm. um, but otherwise, you know, we do try to do like every other, um, with one exception. So here's what I'm, I'm trying to tie everything in. So I didn't want to, I didn't want to mention anything about BPM or key because the next question was, can you talk about some of the medleys you guys do? Um, yeah. they were talking about that. They do a funk medley that has played that funky music, jungle boogie, aeroplane and superstition in it, which are all Killer. great. Great choices. Um, great choices. So when, when I'm talking about, you know, when, when we're doing medleys and that kind of stuff, um, we do a few of them. And the, only time where I feel like BPM factors in is when I'm trying to tie songs together. So we don't, we have one, what I would call a proper medley. Um, we have a mid, a Madonna medley that does, um, because the BPM is identical for all of these songs. Uh, we do Vogue into, um, borderline into holiday into lucky star into get into the groove then back into Vogue. So it's about eight minutes, but the the drum beat never changes. It's just four on the floor the entire time, almost like a club beat. Um, yeah. And it's kind of become the focal point of our show. Now, our female vocalist hates my guts because I make her do it every show, but it's just one of those things that like nobody else and, and is doing. Just to be clear, you're married to that female vocalist. Yes. you know, For marketing purposes, we, we have separate stage names, and it, you know, I don't really know who I'm trying to kid but, um, <laughs> so i'm sorry to out you but the 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 more important point is you get to go home with a female vocalist who you've pissed off with your set list right so but also you know i also get paid twice so well that's uh, true there's pros and cons um yeah. and that's just, that's i think that's just old music industry habit you know i wasn't allowed yeah. to wear my wedding ring when we were touring because you know didn't want you know our, our 14 year old fans to get the wrong idea <laughs> Right, but right. yeah, we, right idea. Yeah. yeah, we just started yeah. performing even before we had kids under separate stage names and we just kept them. So, yeah. um, but yeah, so that's typically what we do. Now, the other ones where we tie songs together is we do, um, we do tainted love into always something there to remind me because they have the same BPM. Um, and mm-hmm. those songs don't necessarily feel like they go together, but it does work. The other one doesn't feel like they go together at all. And that's sledgehammer and I love rock and roll. Uh, but they have hmm. identical BPMs. Um, and each of those kind of double. Oh, oh, and the other one is, um, hungry, like the wolf into shut up and dance with me by walk the moon. Um, yeah. and in each of those kind of has their own place in our set. Um, you know, the tainted love typically goes in the first set, uh, the Madonna medley, uh, Hunger Like the Wolf and and Sledgehammer, those all go in the second set. That's just kind of the way that they've always been. Or they'll go later on in the night. Yeah. Mostly because I need to be good and warmed up to do Sledgehammer. Yeah. It's just uh, it's Boy, a, it's a tough song. The whole second half of that song is brutal, isn't it? Yep. And I, man, I do the whole thing. Yeah, uh, me too. It's my favorite. It's actually my favorite part of the show because I just, yeah. that's, that's, I love that song. I, that makes me feel like a, like I, I can sing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. T- as far as keys go, no, we don't really, Keys aren't really that important. The thing that you have to consider when you're doing these kinds of things is if you're trying to look clever to the audience, um, you're probably coming at it from the wrong angle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, and, and I'm not trying to be, you know, arrogant or facetious, but I just think, I think from, I think you're, you know, oh, well, if we end on, 
you know, if the if the one chord on this song is the four chord on this song, and we you know we just lightly modulate, uh, you know, people will think it sounds really cool, and they might, but odds are people won't necessarily yeah, notice. You're right? almost certainly overthinking it. Yeah. Whereas if they don't have to stop dancing, there you go. Because you go from one song to the other, that that tracks more than um, than whatever uh, theory you know wink and nudge you think you're throwing to you know your audience yeah now so. i'll say some of our um some of our i don't really think we do medleys because they don't you know weave together the way a medley does we, we do yeah. subsets that run together and um they do not necessarily all have the same tempo we go from word up to crazy to happy yeah and crazy is much slower than word up or happy right um and we do that by sort of a prepared and practiced count in mm-hmm. that um, because both of those songs start with kind of a dun 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 dun. Yeah. dun I remember when right and yeah. crazy same thing. It's uh, like a count a four four beat bum, count in bump 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 right. So we so we yeah. use that to count in the new tempo and we've done it enough times now we can do it in our sleep and without yeah you do each it, other you can do it by feel it at some point yeah so. Um, um, so that's how we make those tempo changes. Um, let's see our our first set. I'm looking at what we're playing next weekend. Our what first about mashups? Set, do you guys ever do? Do you guys do mashups? We're like kind of I've been putting. Um, <laughs> this is fun. The last couple of shows, this was kind of spontaneous. I put the first verse and chorus of "No Diggity" over "Use Me" by Bill Withers on the talk box. Okay. So there's a lot going on with it, but like. When people realize what I'm doing, they all sort of stop and drop their jaws on the floor. It's, <laughs> it's yeah. fun. Um, so, um, but in this next show, we actually are doing No Diggity as a standalone tune. So I probably, I don't know, I'll have to rethink that. Our first set mashup, is, or not mashup, just a dance subset is Born This Way, No Diggity, Sex Bomb, Word Up, Crazy Happy, Money Money, 1999. So that's pretty long. That's pretty long. Yeah. That's as long as I would go. I, I wouldn't add any more to that. Uh, second set, Sledgehammer, Superstition, Kiss, one verse and chorus of Venus and not any more than that because that's all anyone ever needs of Venus. Uh, long Train Running, which is cool. Venus and Long Train Running are the same tempo. Uh, and then play that funky music. Yeah. And we like to, we really like to do, to take, um, for instance, we go from Superstition into Kiss, uh, Instead of playing that A, big A sus, thing in Superstition, I do the <laughs> E that starts Kiss, and we just go right into that. Um, we finish the last bar of the chorus of Venus and go straight into the G minor riff of Long Train Running. Um, and the point is, like, each one of those song changes is kind of a whiplash for the audience, and they, they get smacked by it, and they love it, and that's you know, part of what our, what our show is. Yeah. Cool beans. Uh, next question was how often do you pull audibles? Uh, we pull audibles every show basically. Yep. Here too. You know, we, um, I, I try to, I try to put our song list within three to five minutes of, uh, the, the time that we're trying to aim for. Um, and inevitably without fail, there's always one or two that don't make it. <laughs> 
Let's see. At the wedding, we were coming up on a planned break at nine o'clock to put the older people on the shuttle back to the hotel. Yep. And um, and I knew we had to sacrifice something. And what it was was our typical first set ender, which is sympathy for the devil. Yep. So we ended on Benny and the Jets, which was a customer request and had surprisingly at the end of it the right energy to end on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we left sympathy out and uh, and felt bad. It's kind of one of our you know, Justin and I go out front and play this solo together, and it's kind of a great song for us. Um, but I had this, I had this hunch that at the end of our last song, somebody would say one more song. Yeah, uh, and they did. So we did "Sympathy for the Devil" as uh, as an encore. Well, and that's actually the last the, the last question is: Do Which you is save the last songs for encores? Yeah. Um, what are those songs? Yeah, um, I, we don't do that deliberately, but we have enough extras. And and by the way, I I almost always have an extras set at the bottom of the set list yep. that we can pull from, uh, call audibles off of, just kind of glance at. Because, uh, you know, I'm bad enough remembering song names as I sit here, you know, having a conversation with you. By the way, the um, the song that uh, we do that is called, I have to get back to it now, uh, Satisfied by Ian Moore is the one yep. Tony sings. Gotcha. Uh, and he also does Some Kind of Wonderful. Those are his two. Uh, but you know, I'm like sitting here with no pressure, uh, you know, <laughs> being on stage with my brain doing all the things it does on stage. I can't remember any songs we play. So yeah. I, I've got to have a list to call from. I'm not going to just remember them. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, our, our whole show is, is laid out in main stage and that, you know, you design it by sets, it's in folders. And then we have a, a I, I either put the stuff we might play in the set three folder or the extra folder, which currently has, uh, this is the pared down amount um, of songs where I cleaned up, it has roughly 60 songs in it. So those are the songs we're not playing every night. Yeah. And, um, typically if we're pulling something like that out towards the end of the night, it's going to be, it's going to be like a rocker. So, uh, beat it or, um, you give love a bad name Mm -hmm. or, you know, pour some sugar on me. Yeah. Uh, I've had brick house on my extras most nights. That one fell out of our dance set uh, just because we were kind of tired of it, and so it's been in the extras every every night for the last six months, probably. Yeah, and there's a couple of songs that I'm really wanting to pull back into rotation. Um, we we pulled Africa out, which we hadn't done in a while. That went really well, but there's uh, I want to I want to start doing Kyrie by Mister Mister. I just mm. love that song. Yeah, it's um, a great song. But it just you, you got to have those those vocal stacks have to be perfect, otherwise yeah. you know you're just you're just going to eat it. But yeah, we started doing beat it after we did the thriller deal and man, we've got that, we got that song dialed in and it just cooks. Nice. Nice. Do you do the, the Eddie solo? Nope. For note. Uh, good band. Man, we, you know, I, 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 I still am not, you know, I'm, I'm mixed with the interpretation versus reproduction feel. And I feel like there's a, there's a time and place for, for everything, but man, I don't know anybody who could play a better solo to beat it than Eddie Van Halen. So why not play yeah. his solo? You know what I mean? Why not play his? I, I'm not going to do any better. Nope. Definitely not. Um, and, and our main guitar player is a complete monster. So I was like, do you know, beat it? He's like, I will. And, he, <laughs> and he did and he does. Yeah. So good. Good. That's why he's got the gig. Yep. So big thanks for, uh, for the email, man. That was, uh, that was, a super fun conversation to have and it put us right at our normal uh stop time so uh I love it yeah thanks Ryan thanks. appreciate it yeah man Ryan O'Leary 
check out his band if you're up in the uh, up in the was it was it Long Island? Is that what he said? Long Island, yeah. Long Island, New York area. Uh, you know, and and like you know, we we have said on multiple occasions, uh, we've got nothing going on. So uh, if you if you want to hear about something, just uh, shoot us a message because we got we got right. no plans. Yeah. Now, we yeah well, to, and and as as cover musicians, our audience pleasing instincts are strong. So well, and not only that, you know, we came in, we thought we had a we had a rock solid game plan, uh, and and our conversation was like fourteen and a half minutes. So I'm yeah. I'm real happy that Ryan uh, dropped in. Yeah. Um, totally. And he he followed up after I wrote wrote to him. He um, he did say sorry for all the questions. It's just great to hear a podcast that I can relate to on so many levels. Mm. Um, and I loved I'd love to hear your input on this subject. Uh, cool. I've been telling others about you guys, and we'll continue to pass it on. Uh, thanks again for hosting this podcast, Ryan. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Otherwise, I'm just talking to Dan in a vacuum, Absolutely. which is I'm what we've boring, been doing. So, yeah. um this has just been a blast and it's, it's fun to, to, you know, to connect with other, uh, other guys and other bands. And like I said before, you know, just kind of f- on, you know, finding a way to make things better. Um, you know, trying to find a, a better path for, for what you're, what you're trying to do. And, you know, we want you to dream big and we want you to swing for the fences and we want you to make more money. We want you to do all of those things. And, you know, if we can help you, we would love to do that. And if, even if it means that you, hear what we say and do the exact opposite. If it, if it works for you, then it works for us. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah. Uh, love fest aside. Uh, thanks. <laughs> thanks to everybody for, uh, for tuning in and we'll go ahead and call it for tonight. Um, here in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Adam Johnson. I'm Dan Ray from Greensboro, North Carolina. You have been listening to the cover band confidential podcast, episode 15. Have a great week. Yeah.